You're now listening to Primetime with Charles Reese, presented by the Bros Who Think Network. We hope you enjoy. What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Primetime Podcast. My name is Charles Reese, your host. And tonight, as always, I'm joined by Josh Lemoyne. Y'all can check him out on Twitter at LSU F-Ball Truth. Josh, how are you doing tonight? I am doing good. It was a great win uh, on Saturday. I uh, started off a little shaky, but, you know, it worked out in LSU's favor. So, doing pretty good. Well, well LSU comes out victorious 65-14 to 14 over Northwestern State Demons. LSU reaches their 800th win as a program, becoming the 12th university to do such a feat. Uh, and Ed Ogeron accomplishes that against his alma mater as he attended Northwestern State. Uh, Josh, look, LSU does start come out to that rocky start. They're up 24-14 to 14 at half. People are scratching their heads, wondering what's going on. Uh, just first half, what were your thoughts? You know, it, it, you would have thought that, uh, you know, LSU's program was on fire and it was, you know, we're, we were never going to win another game ever um, if you kept up on social media. But, you know, I've I made a post, uh, Charles, and I'm sure, I'm sure if you've seen it, but they just came out flat, low energy, the things that we talked about on the, the pre-show that they couldn't let happen, that they let happen. Normally, that doesn't happen under Coach O. Uh, but, you know, you can tell it's a little bit of a letdown, especially on defense, just not the energy. Uh, Charles, it was just – they just looked bored. They didn't look like the defense – the defense, let me say that, not the offense. Defense just didn't look like they wanted to be out there. It looked like they were too good for it. Um, you know, and it was just lackluster performance, man. There's no way around. That first half for the defense was pathetic, you know what I mean? But – yeah. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, I thought they did, you know, they looked a little lethargic as well, but the offense, you know, picked up right where they, where they left off uh, last week against Texas. So, um, you know, there's a few things that uh, I know Coach O wants to clean up. Well, just kind of looking at the stats, I mean, you, you look at that, you know, first half, even by the offense, you know, LSU, um, you look at their scoring drives in the first half and, you know, they, they only sc- come away with 24 points, scoring three touchdowns and getting mm-hmm. only a field goal in that first half. You know, it, that to me was somewhat of a head scratcher at the end of the day. Yeah, it was definitely a head scratcher. It was just, you know, some of that was due to the defense. Uh, and like I said, it's just it, it's just low energy. You know, I know the, the stadium wasn't filled up and it didn't have the same feel because it's Northwestern. And, you know, that's why we talk about the week before we talked about some of these games just, just don't live up to the hype. And that's a discussion for another day. But this is one of them reasons, uh, you know, we're human. And these kids just know that we can stroll around and, and end up winning by, what, 65 points. And we're getting on LSU like they played a, the worst game of their, you know, of their life. And we still won 65-14. So, uh, man, yeah, it was to me, it was just a low energy performance all around until the offense really, you know, it picked up in the second half. You know, it, it really was a tale of two halves, mm-hmm. you know, very, you know, you see it all the time where a team kind of sticks around the first half and, and then does better. But, you know, in this situation, it was it was concerning to me that, you know, that first half you had some issues and then it finally came around. But that first half, um, you kind of just look at what the offense did, throwing an interception and you could see that Joe Burrow was upset. I mean, the whole demeanor of Joe Burrow, it, it seemed that all of a sudden, you know, 
he was fired up on the on the sideline. There's a video of him getting into his offensive line. Right. He had some issues. I mean, Josh, you look at this game. My biggest takeaway was the O line, the D line played pretty crappy. Yeah, uh, that's that's you know that's a I guess a good way to put it. Uh, but yeah, you know, one just, thing I think just, just being straight straight up with it, you know. Yeah. Uh, no, but one of the. Uh, one of the things that I took away from this, and, you know, I don't want to beat him up too bad. We won 65-14, to 14, look. But I like the fact that Joe was he, – he wasn't having it, Charles. And that's the one thing I took that I was – you know, kind of, kind of got me fired up. I'm like, good. He sees what everybody else sees. Yeah, we're up, whatever it was, you know, 45-14 at the time or whatever. But he wasn't having it, man. So that's what you need in a leader at the quarterback position. Lethargic. You could see on the sideline he was telling him, y'all standing around here like – you know, not into the game, and, man, he, he got on to him. It's been a long time since we have a leader like that, a quarterback at LSU, um, you know, and he can back it up. Them guys just sat there and took it, and, you know, it's um, it was. It was it was a pretty rough performance on both sides of the ball, but luckily for LSU, you know, they got Joe now, who's he's that type of leader that we need when the times are getting tough, you know. He can, he, he can get those guys up. Well, just kind of looking at some of the stats before we really get into the game itself, you know, Joe Burrow, 21 to 24, one of those being an interception, had two yep. true completions, no Jamar Chase in this game. Look, Northwestern State isn't a team that has had success in terms of defense, so you thought LSU was going to be able to have more success running the ball, but you saw, and, uh, and I'm not sure if you saw Coach O's comments today from his Monday presser, yeah. but it seems like what we said, and we knew this going into that Texas game, is he was concerned about the fumbling issues that – uh, a guy like John Emery had in high school, and he was also concerned about a guy like Ty Davis fumbling in that Texas game because he felt they needed to score every possession. That being said, that's why Clyde Edwards-Hilaire played a lot more. Right. But you can see in Saturday's game that those two freshman backs are very talented and probably your two best backs right now. Yeah, I mean, look, I'll take this away, and I was surprised Ty Davis, uh, Ty Davis-Price, he – to me, Charles, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure if he caught the whole game, but, I mean, he explodes when he comes through the line. He's getting more comfortable. So you see him both of them play, you know, actually play with their talent level. Not, they don't have to think too much. Uh, but it, I was, you know, Emery looked, Emery looked good. Uh, but to me, the, the, it stuck out with Ty Davis, man, just exploding through the line. He's, for as big as he is, he, he's, he's got speed, which is great. You know, you, we're definitely going to need that. So. Um, overall, I'm glad both of the young backs got into the end zone. That was good just to could you know put a good taste in their mouth and uh, moving forward, uh, you know, especially in the Vanderbilt this week, we should definitely see more of those guys. And Coach O mentioned in his press conference today, you know, he wants them to get them reps. So it's, you know, they're not a deer in the headlights come against like Vanderbilt as you start to get in the conference play. Well, instead of going a drive by drive breakdown because LSU did score 65 points kind of right. the first half. <laughs> That second half, LSU really gets things going as, as Burrow's out there. Uh, they score 27 points, bring Miles Brennan in, and they still manage to score 14. Still don't see that first touchdown from Miles Brennan, but Miles went 8 for 9 for 115 mm -hmm. yards. Um, man, I, I liked what I saw from Brennan in the second half. Absolutely. I thought finally that Miles put together a nice performance. I was really keen on him because he's coming in. I said, okay. You know, this is the, your opportunity right here. The ball's you're moving the ball up and down the field. I just I wanted to see him be able to move this offense up and down. And he did. That was so – seen some nice throws, man. His his arm is a, a live arm. It comes out of – off his hand, you know, elite. That's an elite 
you know, uh, arm. Uh, so that was that was good to see. When you look at some of the wide receivers, I like how these wide receivers, Charles, had, you know, it's like each week you could see them evolving into this offense. Terrence Marshall Jr. is becoming that number one wide receiver. Charles, he's becoming an impressive wide receiver. As big as he is, how he uses his body, he's catching everything in his catch radius. Uh, Justin Jefferson just, you know, picking up where he left off. Jontre uh, Kirkland. That's a name I want to bring up there, Charles, that if you get a chance to watch the film on him, he's explosive with the ball in his hand, man. He's, he's faster than I, uh, I thought he was. So that was another weapon with Chase being out that LSU brought in, and you know, he just picked, picked right up. Steven Sullivan. Coach O made it a point, Charles, to get the ball to him. The first, like, five snaps of the game, I think two of them went to him, and, you know, he deserves it. Coach O said that today in his press conference. You know, he deserves to be on the field making plays because he's worked his butt off to be out there. So I'm glad Coach O made it a point to start getting Stephen Sullivan in, into the game plan. We see Terrence Marshall tied Justin Jefferson for the touchdowns mm-hmm. lead in the SEC. Justin Jefferson once again comes out in terms of receiving yards, leading the LSU Tigers. You know, there were multiple guys on this offense that I thought played really well. And, and you know, you talk about the guys we already know about. Look, Jefferson is having – uh, once again, his third year in a row where he progresses. You know, yep. I, I think Jefferson has all of the intangibles. You see Devontae Lee gets some playing time right. as well. You see Trey Palmer get a touchdown on the punt. The young guys get it, get in. But a guy we don't really talk about ends up with five catches for 67 yards with a long of 35 is Jeray Jenkins. I mean, right. Where did he come from? I know. When he caught his first ball, I was like, I kind of had to give me, I was like, I looked over uh, to my, my wife. I said, who is that? And, I, and I'm like, oh, that's Jenkins. You, you have so much talent at that position. You know, we, we kind of forget. But, Charles, he looked good. I mean, he looked solid. Like another wide receiver, we could walk out there and he can compete in the SEC. So, LSU has got, got the talent. They have the wide receivers. They have the, you know, the recruits there that to run this offense. We've been waiting for it for 30 years. But, you know, it's finally here. So, it's, it's, it's a joy to watch. Well, Josh, let's talk about something about the running game as we get into more stats. I also want right. to get quotes from Coach O'Shaughnessy today. I look at, you know, John Emery has three carries, right? Negative two yards. He had a, a loss, but his longest carry was four yards, and he has a touchdown. Uh, you see Ty Davis, yes, he has seven carries for 29 with two touchdowns, a long of 10. It, it, this is a game where, yes, the team ran for 35 times, some of those including, you know, QB keeps and, and yeah. sacks. But – Josh, why aren't we trying to get some of these young backs more opportunities? Because there's going to come a game, and Coach O said it today, where they're going to stop the run. LSU's had a lot of success throwing the ball. Look, LSU ran uh, 68 plays. They threw the ball 33 times, uh, and they tried to throw it a couple more times. Ended up running it uh, on on the stat record just 35 times. Right. But, you know, I know Coach O wants that 50-50, and right now it's probably a 60-40 pass to run because the pass is setting up the run. But, man, this is these are the three weeks where John Emery and Ty Davis should be getting 15 carries a game. No, you're right. And, you know, Coach O said that today, Charles, and I know you, you mentioned it, that he said that, you know, he needs to get these guys more carries. And uh, Coach Robinson, the Hall of Fame coach he brought in to kind of oversee some of the program with him. And he says that was on his Monday notes. That was one of his, he always jots down eight things to keep an eye on. And, you know, uh, coach O said that uh, coach Robinson was like, look, you got to start working in these young backs because just like you said, Charles, we're going to get to a Auburn game or a, you know, a Florida game and they're not going to be ready. 
So this is the game, and you got you score sixty five points, Charles, like you said. You know, I did. Once we got to forty five points, I would like like you mentioned, hand it off, hand it off to him. Let him, you know, it's all right if they don't gain any yards. Put the ball in their hands, you know. And this was the time to do it. I think again, hopefully against Vanderbilt, uh, LSU's pretty talented, but we need to see them more. And uh, I'm glad that guy, a coach, a coach Robinson, who's a Hall of Fame coach, coach at USC. That's why Coach O brought him in. One thing I love about Coach O, he's humble enough to do that. And Coach Robinson has won national champions, done it all. So Coach O, he, he listens to Coach Robinson when, uh, when you know, he gives him advice. Well, you know, lo- looking more, and look, LSU does win 65-14. There's, there's very little to take away from a game like that against a Northwestern State team that is not playing that well this year. I think Northwestern State probably will play or did play their best half of football they will play all year against LSU in that first half. And LSU shot themselves in the foot a lot in that first half, especially yep. on the defensive side. You do have to remember LSU started a lot of guys that don't get a lot of playing time on that defensive front. Um, you've got some guys out, and this continues to be the stretch where you need to get everybody healthy, right? right. But you look at this LSU defense, and they need to start creating more turnovers. Yes, Joe Burrow has had two interceptions on the year already, which we didn't see him throw an interception, I think, until that Georgia game last year. But yeah. you would like to, or maybe the Florida game, but you'd like to see this team be positive in the turnover margin right now. And I think they're either at plus one or zero. And, and Coach O talked about that today is yeah. they need to take care of the ball more. But at the same time, this defense isn't creating turnovers like Ed wants to see. Yeah, no, they don't. That's something I thought about, you know, doing some film study today, Charles, and looking at it, you said we just don't quite have that turnover margin. Granted, we won 65-14, like you said, but we're going to need that. I want to – this defense needs to get more into uh, taking the ball away, uh, and they just have it. And I think some of that came to do with just, the, like I had mentioned in the start, Charles, just low energy, you know, guys not in – you know, not where they're supposed to be, blown coverages. It just looked – it just looked bad on defense in the first half. Second half, they cleaned things up. It looked a little better. You look, we didn't mention it. We lose somebody like Todd Harris for the, for the year. You know, Coach O mentioned yeah. he, uh, the knee injury. So that's another blow. You're going to have to bring in, you know, somebody else to play safety now. You know, uh, Eric Monroe, whoever, you know, that, that may be. Uh, so, you know, that's another blow for this defense to get figured out. Charles, the pass rush. We're we going to need a pass rush. You know what I mean? And right now, they're – Coach Aranda's scheming everything up that he can think of, you know, call it the green team or whatever that, but okay, call it green, red, purple, whatever. And ain't, you know, they're not getting, they're not getting enough pressure on the quarterback. So that concerns me, especially if you can't get it on a team like Northwestern State. So it really concerns me as we get into SEC play is that if we got to bring the house every time that, yeah, you're going to get to them, but man, you leave a lot of guys open. Well, and the concerning thing is, is, you know, LSU did have injuries, right? Rashad Lawrence, no Glenn Logan, no right. Shake Song this weekend. But at the same time, you're playing a Northwestern State team. And, and look, if their offensive line is this good, LSU needs to go and grab some guys from Northwestern State. <laughs> right, right. Because, you know, LSU's <laughs> offensive line struggled in one-on-ones. Their D-line struggled in one-on-ones. And it's fundamental things. It's things Coach O talked about today, Tell the Truth Monday, where they broke down the film this weekend. They, and they're bringing us to the guys and saying, look, you were a four or five star athlete and you're losing a battle against a guy that wasn't even ranked. You know, right. Two star athlete and stars, you know, people will come and say, Oh, look, stars don't mean anything today. They don't miss out in stars like they used to, you know, the last biggest miss was Tyron Matthew. And that was 2009, you right. know, 
it's it, they don't miss out on guys that much anymore. So there is a huge talent gap between who LSU played this weekend and who LSU has on that front seven and on the line on both sides of the ball. But, you know, LSU needs to elevate their play on that line because that's where it's going to be key playing these SEC teams. I mean, yes, your first contest where you're going to be challenged is Florida. No Felipe Frank, so that challenge doesn't look as big. But you still have Auburn down the road, who has probably the best, or if not a top three front seven in the SEC. Absolutely. You have Alabama, and A&M keeps getting better. Right. You know, they lost to, they lost to Clemson at Clemson, but A&M is no slouch. You lost to them last year. You know, right. as much as people want to say that's controversial, yes, it is, but you still lost. And you're going to have to get over that hump because, look, uh, right now with Florida not looking good, if Florida doesn't finish a top 15 team this year, it's going to be a lot harder for LSU to go and say, oh, well, look, we beat Florida. There was no Felipe Franks. So right. tell me your argument for a college football playoff to a team that, yes, LSU loses to Bama by 10, 7, 3, whatever. You still have that one loss. It's going to be hard to get into the playoff. When you have a team as talented as LSU does, an offense that is clicking on all cylinders, if you can't have good play on the line, you can't have good play in the secondary, which right. which didn't have in the first half, you're not going to get to the playoff. And that's where this team is trending, right? It's a playoff caliber team. They're the number three team in the country right now. They are worthy of a playoff spot, in our in our opinion. And I think across the board, sorry, they're number four team, but they're right there. You know, four makes it into the playoff. So right. if LSU wants to get into the playoff, they're going to have to elevate their play, and it has to be on a weekly basis. Coach O talked today about how cornerbacks were playing off. They played some zone in that first half. They did, yep. Press those damn quarterback, those damn cornerbacks, because I know these guys are young that got a lot of playing time this week, but how else are they going to learn if they can't do it against Northwestern State? Uh, Charles, uh, tell me how you feel, brother. Tell me how you feel. I like how you get, you got that off your chest. I like it. So, but yeah, that's that's exactly how a lot of fans feel today. You know, you won sixty five fourteen, but there are certain things in there that it just it's just kind of annoying. And you know, Coach O hinted to it today. But as somebody as analyst who look watch the film and break down the game, Charles, it's like you said, like it's it's more about you're, you're a five-star, four-star athlete. It was effort. It was just not wanting to be out there. It was just not lining up properly. The stuff that they're working in on, on you know, week one of, uh, you know, of, of camp. And it was just, it was just a, a bad look. Look, you, you got Stingley, you got Fulton, you know, like you said, you should have press on, on the wide receivers more. Um, the new number seven playing back there at safety. He looked a little lost at times. And, you know, I think Charles, we, we kind of take it for granted that we lost our leader in the first round of the draft last year, Devin White being out. And I think that's, you're seeing some of that right now. Who's going to be that leader on the defense? I know uh, Grant tweeted something out there today. He's going to get the defense right. I think right now that's kind of what the defense is missing. It's missing that white back there. Who's the leader? Who's going to gather these guys up and say, we got to get our stuff there. We got to play with more energy. What are you doing? Um, so, I think that will come in time, whoever that may be, <laughs> Michael Divinity, but, you know. Well, so, Well, you talk about Divinity. Before right. we, we get into future, uh, before we get into that, and look, we're not going to preview Vanderbilt, but I want to talk about going forward. I want to spend okay. the last half of this pod going forward. But your last – just any more thoughts you had in the Northwestern State game? Look, you saw the Trey Palmer touchdown. Who would have thought Palmer scores a, a punt return touchdown 
before Derek Stingley. Stingley played very well again. Very well, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, the kicking game looked well, looked really good. You know, that second half, it was uh, a night and day difference. I think Coach O got in and tore some guys, uh, tore some guys up in that in halftime. Oh, yeah, did. So, you know, you saw that difference and difference in mentality from the defense and offense opened up a little bit more. But any more lasting thoughts you had from LSU's victory Saturday night? Yeah, just a couple couple thoughts here that um, we, we, we can't play like that. We can't come out to play like that against Vanderbilt because if you play like that against Vanderbilt, uh, it's – it's going to be – you'll be losing going in a half. You know what I mean? I'm saying Vandy is the greatest thing in the world, but they got more talent in Northwestern State. Um, you know, but on a positive note, I'll, I'll leave it on this. Uh, Joe made some throws in that game, Charles, that, you know, I, I deal with a lot of the scouting and the NFL scouts. He made some NFL throws, and I had some scouts reach out to me and said he made some big-time throws. So one thing to keep an eye on and moving forward is – He's got some of the NFL guys going, OK, maybe this guy can play in the league and if he can make them throws. Um, so that's kudos to Joe in the offseason working on things that he knew he struggled at with the lower body. He's making some big time NFL throws out there. So, you know, that's, that's a positive. But that's one thing I took away from the game. When you break down a film. That's some NFL throws. We throw him from one hash mark across the field to the other. Beautiful stuff. So let's hope he can keep doing that. Well, look, I'll say this now. Coach, um, Mike Dettelier was on radio Thursday afternoon when he does his mm-hmm. hour segment with Moscona, and he said Joe Burrow is a starting quarterback in the National Football League, and he is. Mm-hmm. He's not a Drew Brees in terms of his ability. He's not going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback from what I've seen so far, but he has the potential to be one. You know, he has the potential yep. to be a winning quarterback. And more than just a game manager. I mean, Joe, in terms of the cerebral, uh, cerebral effect, he's right there with some of the best. You know, he is at Pey- not as good as Peyton Manning, but his ability to read defenses and, and die and, you know, just take a play before it happens and sees where the balls w- will go is on level with Peyton Manning and Drew Brees type of guy. So, look, Joe is very talented. That's why, in a lot of guys' books, he's leading the Heisman right now. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, Coach O actually talked about that and said he's seen similarities to a Matt Liner, a Carson Palmer, and there's things Joe does better than those guys, which is good to hear, mm-hmm. you know. And, and like I said earlier, you saw Joe tearing into the offensive line. So, you know, going forward, you know, you talk about Joe Burrow, and this is a weekend where Vanderbilt is giving up a ton of points. I know, you know, Derek Mason is a defensive-minded coach, and he's known for that, but – their defense is pretty poor. I expect Burrow to have a uh, just an incredible game this weekend. Yeah, you know, I, I expect that as well. Um, you know, now you, you start conference play, and you know, I want to see LSU come out with that juice in this in this uh, in this game. Started off, it's one thing that's a little concerning, and we talk about this every year is the early kickoff. Um, LSU has had a bad habit of playing these early games sometimes and looking like they're still sleeping, Joel. So. Um, what's your what's your thoughts on on that? Well, you know, Coach O talked about it this week. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have a nine p.m. lights out. Everyone's going to bed at nine p.m. Similar to that Louisville game a few years yeah, ago. Right. Coach O's first bowl game as that interim head coach, where you know they had that early kickoff. They have that itinerary. They've done it before. They know what they're doing. I expect LSU to come out maybe a little sluggish in that first quarter, especially like on the defensive side of the ball. But after the last two weeks. There is no reason that they should uh, come out with sluggish play. 
No, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. They so yeah, you know, LSU has that early start. You know, kind of expect Joe Burrow to do have to have that big game this weekend. Um, I, you know, what won't be surprised if they have an up or down uh, in, in that first quarter, first half, just with what's going on. A ton of LSU fans are going to Nashville, uh, similar to that Texas game, but I do see a lot of purple and gold in the stadium, similar to. Uh, when Georgia was there earlier this year, it's just, you know, Vanderbilt fans aren't going to the games. The tickets are cheap. You can get a $70 ticket right now, which for a road venue, a team like LSU coming in, that doesn't come in every year. I think it's every eight years LSU goes up to Nashville to take on Vanderbilt. Yep. It's um, it, it's a game where, you know, these Vanderbilt fans can sell the tickets a little bit higher on the secondary market. And, and you know, the most they're getting a cheapest ticket is 70 bucks. So, it's a very easy game to get into, get tickets to. So I expect LSU to probably have us, you know, a forty percent fan base in there. You know, if not more, uh, especially for that early kickoff, LSU fans will be pretty, pretty juiced for that if they even go to sleep Friday night. But Josh, something to talk about is, you know, we were talking about that pass rush. Michael Divinity working with the outside linebackers today. I think this is the time where Damone Clark gets to the inside. We talked mm-hmm. about that after the first week where you need more pass rush. If Chason is not going to play the next couple of weeks, maybe it's time to move Divinity back, get him on that outside, create pass rush, because I think you have solid defensive tackle play, but it's the in positions where the other teams are taking advantage of LSU right now. No, you're, uh, you're exactly right. That uh, I, I had mentioned that uh, a couple of days ago. What was that last week? I said, hey, my clock has played so well that it might be a uh, time to look at moving Michael Devaney back to edge. Uh, and, you know, and I got a little kickback for that, but so he played a good game against Texas, but right now the, the main issue, we, we can't, we can't pressure the quarterback. So uh, maybe it is time to maybe look at him back on the edge. Clark, we see he can handle a job in, in the middle and we know coach O likes what he can do. We got Patrick queen. has also been playing solid and, you know, at linebacker there, <laughs> Jacob Phillips, is actually, I think, number two in the SEC in tackles. So I think in that situation, Charles, we have the linebackers to go ahead and play it. If we need to move Michael Devaney to the outside, let's do it, you know, because our, our weakest point right now probably is the pass rush. Well, you talked about Todd Harris being out, a big blow to that secondary as he was your starting safety opposite of Grant Delpit. Jacoby Stevens definitely going to get more opportunities uh, as going forward, but – who are some guys, you know, LSU plays a lot of three safety sets. You know, looking at some of these freshmen, is, is this a spot where um, you could see maybe a, a, a guy like Hampton getting in and getting some playing time? Yeah, I mean, that's the opportunity is going to be there with, with Andrew DeHarris. Um, you know, they Coach O said it today at the press conference, LSU runs a lot of three, three safety looks. So Jacoby Stevens is kind of that rover type that, you know, they, they like to use him in that situation. They can kind of move him all over the field. And he, he does he does really well at that. So, yeah, I mean, you got like a guy like Eric Monroe, um, like you mentioned, Hampton. That, so there's there's going to be an opportunity for a lot of guys. And, you know, when Coach O answered the question today, Charles, he couldn't – and I, I think he was just being honest that he couldn't really give a straight answer because I think they're going to work different guys there this week. Um, so I think as it gets closer to game day, you'll see Coach O maybe, you know, mention a name, a specific name or two. Uh, but they're going to ro- rotate some guys there. Um, this is where a guy like Devontae Lee is playing wide receiver. 
that it might be a, it might be nice to have a, a guy like that that you, you should be able to toss in there who's an elite athlete. But uh, as of now, he's a wide receiver. So don't be surprised to see Marcel Brooks get some playing he time. Yep. It could be Stephen's role. Uh, I, I really think this is a, a spot Brooks can come in. Brooks, a five star that's very talented on that defensive side of the ball. Yes, wasn't cleared at the beginning of the season, took a little while to get academically eligible. But I've seen a lot from Marcel Brooks in high school. You've seen a couple of flashes so far in college. And what we've heard from practice, Josh, is that Marcel Brooks is the real deal. So I expect this to be a spot where Brooks gets some playing time to make some impact because you're going to have to guys, you have to have guys step up. I mean, you said Eric Monroe. This is Eric Monroe, not his last chance, but this is his last opportunity, in my opinion, to really make a good impression if he wants to play on the next level. Yeah, no, I mean, I keep bringing him up. There's a reason I keep bringing him up because he was highly touted coming out of high school. I think, like you said, and he stuck it out. Uh, so the, the, he has, like you said, it's it's now or never with Eric Monroe. I mean, he's and so just surprised that he hasn't been able to crack the field more than he has because he was just such highly ranked coming out of high school. But like you said, uh, Brooks, Marshall Brooks there, when he's played, man, he flashes, Charles. And like you said, when he flashes, he flashes at a different level. And he kind of shows when you see him, it's like watching Grant there back there. He just – he flashes like an elite athlete. So, yeah, that's a, that was a good point there that you, we should see more of him. Yeah, a lot from the linebacking core is that it's a position that is deep, moving Marcel Brooks around, maybe, you know, Devontae Lee gets some playing time. You've got two weeks to figure it out and, and get some of these guys some more playing time. Is Vanderbilt not a, a team that LSU should have issue with as they come in as a 24-point uh, favorite in that game in Utah State as well? Do you have the bye before you get into Florida play, which Florida looks like a team, you know, like I said earlier, that – won't be as big of a challenge as it looked coming into the season. But, Josh, something I want to talk about, you know, as we start to get to wrap up and more of Coach O's comments from today, though, Ed Ingram seems to be getting cleared this week. Uh, He's been practicing. He's been lifting. He's been doing helmet acclimation. Coach O said today he expects Ed Ingram to be available as soon as he is cleared. Uh, It seems that maybe this O-line could use an Ed Ingram, you know, at least in my opinion, what could he bring to this offensive line if they do decide to have him start at maybe that left or right guards position? Look, I tweeted something out today, Charles, when the news started to kind of break down, and I just went and did a you know look at some more film and stuff. Um, not much, but man, he's elite. Like we we talked about it on this show. He's an NFL caliber guard. Like he's as that a, good. As a freshman, yeah, as, as a, a freshman. freshman. That's what people people don't realize. Exactly right. As a freshman, he he was one of the better guards in the SEC as a freshman. So, look, I'm not trying to make it, you know, it is what it is. But, boy, Charles, you know, if you can add an Ed Ingram to your interior offensive line with Lewis and you know, Cushenberry right there, you, boy, would that be big against a, against a team like Florida and Alabama to have elite linemen, you know, going to play in the NFL? That would be huge. Uh, so, um, adding Ed Ingram would be a big boost to this. I know it's not the flashy, you know, one that everybody wants to see. It's not, you know, it ain't John Emery and it ain't but – that is a major – that would be a major, major plus for LSU. He is a, a dominant offensive line that will be playing at the next level. Well, something else to talk about in terms of injuries. As Rashard Lawrence and Glenn Logan once again will not be playing this week. Josh, from what I'm hearing and what I expect, I don't think either of those guys to play until that Florida game, which I'm okay with. But it does give some guys behind them an opportunity. A guy like Fahoko, I mean, he's your best defensive end right now. 
Uh, it gives a guy like Neil Farrell some opportunity. A uh, guy like Joseph Evans can get in and make some plays. Uh, it, these young guys need to start stepping up, in my opinion. Yeah, you look, you were highly recruited and highly ranked for a reason. You know, um, you, like you, you mentioned Joseph Evans. Uh, uh, Charles, if you get a minute, he flashed a few times in this game. I was uh, I was impressed with what I've seen by him. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we got to find a pass rush. And if it's a true freshman named Joseph Evans and he can keep flashing, you know, so be it. So, yeah, um, this would be a good and, opportunity. And, and we talk about the pass rush a lot. We've talked about it a lot. You know, Coach O said they're not getting pressure with their down, four down linemen. And this is not a defense that wants to run four down linemen. They want to run three down, down linemen <laughs> and send an, off an, an outside linebacker. But, you know, if, if they need to drop four or, or send four uh, down linemen, they will to create pressure because it's better than blitzing a linebacker or a safety or a cornerback. But look, Josh, you look at the, the recruiting class coming in, these guys that are second string that, you know, won't be. Uh, you know, will will be projected starters next year if they don't step up here. They're not going to have much playing time come next year when you have one of the best defensive line classes to come into LSU in in recent history. Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, I'm looking at some of these names right now, Charles. Hey, you know, a uh, Jacqueline Roy. Um, let's see, we go down the line here. Um, Eric Taylor, Patrick Jenkins, Jalen Lee. Um, and possibly Jacobian Guillory. So you're talking about Alex Bryant coming off the edge. It's a loaded defensive line. And if I was a, like you said, if I was a recruit in a 19 class or getting some playing time now, you better flash now. And, you know, like you said, make a name for yourself now. And if you can't get any pass rush, that is it. That is why Coach O is a smart recruiter. He's a smart guy. He understands that. He kind of knew that they might have this problem. So in this 2020 class, he went all in on the defensive line, Charles, and we've been talking about it for a while that he needed to, and he sure did. And he's about to haul in one of the best defensive lines classes that I've ever seen at LSU. Well, speaking about recruiting, Coach O gave a little play on how recruiting is gone. <laughs> he did. He said they, they asked him a question of how's recruiting gone, you know, with this new look offense. And he said, all right, let me give you a little breakdown. And I won't do a Coach O voice, but he said, <laughs> do I, it. I, I text a guy and, and I say, Hey, it's Coach Hope. Give me, a, give me a call. And that guy calls back, calls immediately and says, hey, Coach, how you doing? He said last year when he said, hey, it's Coach Hope, he wouldn't hear back from these skilled position players. Guys want to come to LSU. So on the recruiting front, Josh, what's the news been? Because, man, this offense and even this defense has to have some recruits wanting to come to Baton Rouge. Yeah, look, I think expect some attrition on this recruiting class um, because LSU's, um, you know, LSU's started off the season like this and a lot of recruits were kind of in that standstill mode. Oh, is LSU really going to go to a new offense? I've heard this 10 times, you know, so but yes, they went to a new offense. That's completely obvious. They're fully committed to it. Um, so I think, uh, you know, if you're big into recruiting, I think we'll see some attrition here, Charles. I think you might see. A few guys get moved out, you know, and uh, have a few new names. Because there's some big-time talent out there in the country that's noticing this, that's coming knocking on the door for Coach O. And sometimes, Charles, as you know, you get a, that's a couple five-stars and big-time guys uh, that sometimes you just can't say no to, you know. Um, and I think that's, that's going to happen with this class. They've already put together a tremendous class. Um, but, you know, expect a couple more names that we haven't really been hearing about much. I think, you know, 
it's going to, you're going to start to see some of these names leak into this recruiting class because look, the best tool for recruiting is winning. Winning is the best tool for recruiting. Go ask Alabama and Clemson. Uh, so yeah, uh, we can keep on this track. I think you're going to see this 2020 class be one of the better classes we've had in the last 10 years. Well, Josh, as we get to wrap up for this episode, LSU does go to 3-0. and uh, They stay in the top five in both the coaches and AP poll. Uh, more exciting games this weekend. Georgia takes on Notre Dame, uh, and we will be breaking down the Vanderbilt game later this week. But, Josh, it, it seems that you know LSU has things clicking. I know they had a rough first half. Uh, but got things rolling in the second after getting that uh, butt-chewing is the best way to put it in half <laughs> by not only Coach O, but Dave Miranda as well. Look, things are rolling. Things are exciting around this program, not only from a fan perspective, but even from a, a recruiting perspective and a player perspective as well, Josh. But before we go uh, and wrap it up here, in, anything coming out from your website in terms of recruiting and, and interviews? Yeah, so just keep an eye. Like I mentioned in some of the other shows, I got a new uh, publisher that we're working on the website. Um, it, it's almost there, so uh, just you know, s- stay with me. But uh, we're, we're going to be, you know, kind of giving a new look to the website. And so I'd say, Charles, probably in a, about a week or so, maybe ten days, we'll start releasing some stuff, um, putting some things out there on, on the website. Well, y'all make sure y'all follow Josh on Twitter at LSU True. Check out his website at LSUFBallTruth.com. Follow the Primetime Podcast if you don't already at Primetime underscore pod. Rate, review, subscribe. Bros who think, no spaces, network. You can find us anywhere you find your local podcast. Uh, give us a subscribe, and we will keep you updated for LSU football throughout the remainder of the, se- uh, throughout the, remainder of the season as we get into – SEC play got one more little uh, pre warm up game against Utah State get a bye and then the schedule gets difficult as LSU will be having test week after week until the season is over but for Josh Lemoyne my name is Charles Reese your host y'all have a great week check out our preview of the Vanderbilt game later this week and as always God bless you.